Welcome back to That Entrepreneur Show. I'm your host, Vincent A. Lancey. And I am Kristen Curry, the CEO and co-founder of DraftCard. Thank you for joining us today. And for all of you listening on, whether you are looking to start or scale your business, this is the show for you. Each week, I interview a different entrepreneur from across the globe. I will continue to offer episodes in all industries to provide you with many different perspectives. You never know which motivational journey will inspire you most. Each guest will take you through their story and help you learn from their successes and lessons learned. The show stops in Idaho for the first time to interview an entrepreneur who co-founded her business back in 2016. My guest on the show today is someone who offers value in tech startups, raising capital, sports technology, social media marketing, and so much more. As I said, she is the co-founder of DraftCard, which is a shareable, verified digital resume that allows athletes to create their brand and stand out in the crowd. They are the LinkedIn for youth sports and have an interactive profile resume built in with a patent pending for AR, virtual reality, and AI technology. Their technology allows another level of crowdsource verification that changes the way fans, coaches, and athletes share their sport experiences on and off the field. I am certainly excited to learn more about your journey, so allow me to now introduce Kristen Curry. Kristen, thank you for joining the show. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it, and it's nice to um, to be able to talk with you because I know you were you love sports and uh, um, very inspirational. It, it really makes this kind of a fun thing for me, so I appreciate it. I appreciate you joining and also for the kind words. Would you mind introducing yourself a little bit to our listeners and previewing your story without giving away too much on the entrepreneurial side? Sure. So I was a D1 athlete swimmer um, from uh, Southern California. So um, basically in the water for seven hours a day, went to uh, Arizona State um, and swam for them. And then um, uh, became a mom and uh, got into the working world and technology and um, cybersecurity and a bunch of different things. And uh, just found myself where uh, I was kind of at that point where I've always wanted to start my own business. I always wanted to do something entrepreneurial, but um, I was a single mom. I had two kids uh, in sports and uh, it was it was hard to get out, you know, get out of that. So um, Chris Burgett, the, the uh, idea guy behind DraftCard, um, we grew up together and he came to me and told me about his idea. And I was like, wow, you got to do something with this. This is amazing. You know, and for me, it hit those three important things. One, you know, I, I wanted to spend more time with my kids and I love, I love sports. I mean, I just love, you know, uh, sports and kids, but also um, being a single mom, I couldn't afford to get my kids seen, to be able to get a scholarship. Right. And um, so, so anyways, it kind of hit the philanthropic side. It hit the, hey, I'm, you know, mom side, it, also the technology side. And it just, it just was, let's do it. Well, I love the ambition and the courage you showed to make that jump. It's going to resonate with a lot of people listening on. So I think we now have to get into the big five. On each episode, my guest and I will go over these five questions to help you, the listeners, learn what it's really like to be an entrepreneur. You ready to go, Kristen? 
I'm ready. <laughs> Great. So there are many reasons, situations that lead people into entrepreneurship. You mentioned you were a single mom. You love some of the benefits that entrepreneurship had to offer. Please describe that moment more in detail to relate to our listeners. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, I, I figured at this point in time in my life, if I wasn't going to do something and try, then uh, really it, you know, it wasn't going to happen. And I would hate to go to my deathbed and say that I, I didn't try. And, um, you know, if I don't, if it doesn't happen and, it do, and I don't succeed, then at least I tried. So that's what started my entrepreneurial journey in that just that crossroads, being the mom, mm-hmm. wanting to help people. Um, you know, that that single parent in Alabama that has this wonderful kid who's got great grades and and uh, wants to play bas- basketball or base- baseball in college and can't. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it just it really just it just hit a chord. And, and like I said, fulfilled all the areas that I wanted to do. So you had a son playing sports. You were a college athlete. Did you know in the back of your mind always that something will lead you back to sports down the road? Um, you know, I, I wanted to be a sports broadcaster uh, initially. And uh, like I said, I feel like um, I'm almost like a, a guy girl in that I tried out for a professional women's tackle football. Um, you know, I think I just was a little bit ahead of ahead of my time there. Yeah. Um, and so I, I really like I really love the sports side. There's a lot of things that I like to do, but this is probably my biggest passion. And my kids are obviously my biggest passion. And uh, you know, my partner is, is uh, you know, he was a D1 athlete as well, um, and he loves kids. He was actually a, a recruiter for um, for one of the largest uh, recruiting networks out there. And so he was a scout. So he would go out and try to help kids figure out where to go to school and, you know, what they needed to do to get to that next level. So it's a, it's a big passion for, for him as well. And we also uh, started uh, draftcard.org. So okay. we have a not for profit uh, division within DraftCard. So it's draftcard.com for the, the platform, um, uh, for the youth sports app platform. It's actually not just youth now anymore because of the fact that in college, you can now brand yourself and make money. Yes, um, which is amazing, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, so DraftCard actually, um, you know, with everything with COVID and the kids not being able to travel, the coaches losing funding, um, the, the camps are, are done uh for now they're going you know everything is getting back but what a great platform for for kids to be able to um go out and search for coaches but also for the coaches to be able to put in i had one a, a six foot center volleyball player in california with a 3.9 gpa who's verified i love the whole idea behind it i love the whole concept but since you've been on your own here Kristen, what would you say two of the most difficult parts of entrepreneurship are for you I think the hardest part was um, just, you know, we have such a, a great idea and uh, the hardest part is hearing no, you know, mm-hmm. no, we're not going to fund you or, you know, no, this isn't going to work or everybody's like, Kristen, you're crazy. You know, this isn't going to happen. I think that that's the hardest part. But the, the harder than that is um, hearing yes. It's harder to hear yes than no because of the fact that people will give you a letter of intent for millions of dollars. Yeah you know, go through the vetting and going through the, the backgrounds and spend so much time with you. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's like dating. I say it's like the dating ghosting. It's the dating ghost. It's the, the ghosting in business. And that's happened to us quite a, quite a few times 
Um, and uh, I think the other thing is trusting, you, you just have to learn to trust um, or to vet through people that you can't trust. And that's an acquired skill I've learned through entrepreneurship. Not everybody is sincere with their word. I've learned most people nope. don't speak with intention, which can get frustrating. You find ways to pivot. From all your experiences through entrepreneurship, what would you say one of your greatest failures or lessons learned is, and what did it teach you? Yeah, I think the the biggest uh, the biggest failure or lessons learned is again trusting the right people. I think when I went into this, as I'm both of us, all three of us uh, founders are are very trusting, and uh, you know um, you're relying on yourself because we were using our money to fund it. We did raise some friends and, and family, uh, you know, funding. I think the other thing too is, you know, getting after getting the second round of funding is a lot harder than your friends and family. <laughs> and, you know, I, I lay awake uh, just worrying about number one, just, you know, how am I going to take care of my family, but also how am I going to repay the folks that believed in us and believed in me? And that's, that's, you know, that's something that you have to deal with on an ongoing basis. Well, it's an incredible point you write there. People always hear funding for all this type of money, but when people get funding, they don't realize that they still owe this money and they still have obligations to hold up to. They're not just right. giving you 1 million, 5 million, 10 million. They say you have to do this, 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 or you have right. to return it. Can you maybe explain that process a little more for our listeners going through the funding and what that holding up your end of the bargain is? Right. So, so yes, we, we raised uh, quite a bit of money, uh, friends and family to get us going. And, um, and, you know, when you're, when you're going into that next round, which is a little bit more aggressive, um, whether it's a VC or an angel investor, we didn't want to go to the VC route because we didn't want to give up a lot of our, of our company. So if you go to a bigger source of funding, um, that's when you pretty much have to give up a lot of, of, of that. But when you go to that second round and you get that funding, which we're, we're hopefully in that process right now, you have to either um, you know pay cash back to your initial investors or, um, or whatever your agreement was. Uh, but also if you don't, you have to roll them into the new, the new um, funding source of so convertible notes or whatever wow. you're doing. So it dilutes, it dilutes the shares, but it's also, uh, it also can be a very big benefit for your initial investors. Um, and then, uh, you know, when you get your third round, that's when pretty much they have the choice to get out, um, uh, for the, for the most part. Yeah. So well, I, I really appreciate it. Yeah. I, there is a lot of misconception about funding and what it entails and the process behind it. So thank you for taking the time to explain that a little further, but for this next talking point, I'm very interested because on your LinkedIn, after meeting you, I saw you did work with the DOJ, you're a career learner from many areas. If you could choose to have a conversation learn from any entrepreneur in any fields, dead or alive, who would you go with, Kristen? Um, I thought a lot about that. And um, just I, I really would like to meet Sarah Blakely, um, the founder. Um, and uh, she was the youngest, I guess, a female uh, uh, entrepreneur that, that made it big. Um, and she founded Spanx. Yes. And uh, I just love the fact that she's so positive. Um, she's you know engaging um, and she wants to help. So she started that foundation uh, to help entrepreneurs. But uh, I, what I like is that she's got that positive attitude. And right now, especially with all the challenges we have in this world with 
COVID and not seeing our family members. I just lost my dad. I couldn't see him. You know, there's so many things that can get you down, but every day it seems like she's, she's up and, you know, it's just kind of a, a thing that I try to do every day is to, you know, put my smile on my face, whether I feel like it or not. I feel like that makes a big impact for other people. Well said in life, we get knocked down a lot, but you need to have that mindset, keep that mentality going because you still do have obligations in the business force. But let's look into the future here, Kristen. We're going to go one year and five years out and more of the short-term plan. What are we seeing from you and all of your entrepreneurial endeavors? Yeah, so for the short uh, term for DraftCard.com, uh, uh, we have put in place some really strong third-party uh, relationships to verify on different levels. The big thing with kids uh, now, um, especially in the past with some of the uh, scholarship uh you know, problems that they had at USC and some of the other big schools, people, people saying they are who they aren't. Um, we're going to be going out and verifying with, uh, we just, um, uh, we have a letter of intent for 30,000 college coaches online um, wow, to be congrats. able to, yeah, to verify that you are who you are um, through the camps. We also have some mental health training companies um, that, that we've, that have come to us that want to get involved because they uh, see the issues that kids have with, um, not only uh, competing at a higher level, if you're getting a scholarship, um, you know, golf, all those sports are very mental. They, they might not be. as Absolutely. Physical, Absolutely. It's the mind. So, so those companies can help us, uh, you know, vet through and verify that these kids are mentally there. Um, also accident incident management uh, companies where uh, nowadays, you know, concussion protocols and, injuries are super important so we want to verify that those kids are uh, are you know able to play so it really works along with risk management for the high schools um and then also helping the kids brand themselves in a positive way because on draft card you can upload videos and pictures and you know your stats and pull in stats and then share it on any social media platform so it's safe it's a one place to yes. go verified digital resume and so coaches don't have to go to all these different places to find these good athletes. They can go to one location and, uh, and, and see these kids and search very quickly. That's an incredible vision. And that's another good example for everybody listening on how far your vision can take you. And also, it's not just simple as the online card. You just heard everything that's going on behind the scenes, liabilities, different waivers. Right. All things that the common person who's not in that realm would think about, including myself. That's not something I even thought about when I initially came across your project. And now I think it's a great time to head into the spotlight story and get some more great insight from you. Each week, I share the journey of another entrepreneur to inspire our listeners. And I would love your take on it. As we have a rock star female entrepreneur on the show this week, I will share the journey of another in a name we all know in Debbie Fields. Yeah. We've all had the cookies and I learned the story behind them, which was really cool, especially as an entrepreneur, because what goes on behind the scenes those first couple of years really tell a remarkable story. Here's some quotes from her in this Forbes article I read on how she built the multi-million dollar company. She said, quote, my mother raised five children without the luxuries we have today, like a washer and a dryer. Cooking was a chore she especially resented and that showed in her meals. Since the food wasn't as great as it could be, I used to refuse to eat. The only thing I was actually willing to eat, cookies. I would bake my own using imitation chocolate, margarine, nothing real, because we couldn't afford to have that in the house. 
When asked how she went from the kitchen to a bona fide store, she said, quote, when I broached the idea of turning my cookies into a business, my family thought I was crazy. They told me I didn't have any money, education, or experience, but hearing them made me only more determined. I started going into banks and asking for a loan. I would bring my business plan and my cookies, and they would look at the plan and eat all the cookies and tell me, thanks, but no. I started waking up every morning and telling myself, somewhere there's a person who wants to say yes. This was back in the late 70s. I kept bringing my cookies, sharing my dreams, and finally I managed to get a loan with 21% interest. I was thrilled. That's her quote. But Kristen, what do you take away from this journey relating to entrepreneurship? I think it's a, it's a great testimony of someone just, you know, having the ability to keep going no matter what, um, to think outside the box and, um, you know, never give up. And I like, I like the, you were saying that, uh, you know, she goes in and they say, no, you keep going. You say yes. Yes. Until someone's going to answer yes. Right. It's very, very powerful, especially in entrepreneurship. Most times you're going to be told no. And as you heard from today's entrepreneur, hearing yes was equally challenging or more challenging. So as long as you're prepared to work hard and believe in your dream, I think anything can come true. And this episode can provide great motivation for you again in the future. So Kristen, thank you so much for joining the show today. I know our listeners are going to see all the value in your episode. I loved how you found the ambition. You found something you're passionate about, something that fit your life great. You're a single mother. Children love sports. You're a former athlete. And now look how far this vision's branched out. You described all the different strategies you use, different techniques for your hard work ethic, things that you had to keep doing and doing, how you've been growing. That's great motivation for everyone. But it is time for the last word. And I also do this in my other podcast series, A Mental Health Break, because I want our listeners to really get to know the guests I bring on. Is there something that you would like to share that we did not touch on yet today? I think we've we've covered quite a bit, but nowadays it's just, you know, go for your dreams, go for your dreams, figure out what it is. It's really hard nowadays, I know, for kids, but never give up and know that there's people out there that are there to help you and that we care and we're going to give you that platform to succeed. Just don't give up. Well said. Would you mind now please taking the time to share your professional social media, the website, any ways for our listeners to request your yeah. services, follow your endeavors? Sure. So our website is www.draftcard.com. Um, we do have the .org, but that's just kind of a landing page. Um, I am on LinkedIn. It's Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-I-N dash Curry, C-U-R-R-E-Y on LinkedIn. Um, I am not that active on Instagram and um, um, and Twitter uh, and Facebook that right now. Just it's 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 too hard for me. So when we get this next round of funding, I'm going to hire a social media person to do it for me. I, I couldn't agree with you more. It's a lot of time. There's a lot of help and I do the best I can. I've tried different interns, but unfortunately accountability was an issue. And after you invest so much time into people, so you don't have to worry about them on the other end and then things yeah. happen. So you went back so I can relate to you there, but for everyone listening on, be sure to check out her LinkedIn website, a lot of great content there. And she is here to help. And it is also social media time for the show and we're on whichever platform you like to use. We're at That Entrepreneur Show on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. And on Twitter, we're at Podcast by Lancey to get updates from this show and a mental health break. Of course, my handles are at Vincent A. Lancey for all social media and YouTube. And my website is VincentALancey.com. If you check out my books, DM me. I would love to hear from you all. We have Mr. Lancey Talks Mental Health. 
Left for Dead, A Story of Redemption, and How to Transform Your Mindset When the Norm is Changed, all are on my website now. And as always, I will end the show with a quote that inspired me and know it will for you too. And this one is from today's Spotlight Story, Debbie Fields. And when she was asked about an entrepreneurial trick she learned along the way, she said, quote, never ask a question that can be answered with the word no. This doesn't just apply to business. It's for daily life as well. For instance, when I call a hotel, I don't ask, can you give me a discount? First, I get the name of the person who I'm speaking with and then ask them to direct me to the person who can give me the lowest price in a room. When I get to that person, I ask if they're the person with the power. Yes, they tell me they are. And that point, they've already agreed. I just haven't asked yet. Thank you for listening. And I will see you all on the next episode of That Entrepreneur Show.